0: Hello, and welcome to The Bittersweet Life. If you're new, I'm Katie Sewell. I live in Seattle. My co-host, Tiffany Parks, is in Rome. Normally on the show, we explore life, and life abroad, and how the decisions we make affect us for good and for bad. And as a community of listeners over the last six years, we've been exploring Italy and Rome, and how to sort out what you want from life, and how to take chances, and how to move away and how to come home. Together we aim to live a different life. But now, today, we are in a different and unique position as people living in the epicenters of a worldwide pandemic. Seattle is where the first coronavirus death occurred in the United States, and Italy, where Tiffany is, is in total lockdown. Maybe you are too. Let us keep you company. Let's explore this difficult time together the good and the bad of it. Okay, on with the show. Welcome to Rome. This is The Bittersweet Life with Katie Sewell and Tiffany Parks. Hello, this is The Bittersweet Life. I'm Katie Sewell. I'm Tiffany Parks. And this is The Bittersweet Life. It's more the bitter than the oh, sweet. Oh, it is so
1: yeah. bitter and so sweet. Yeah, craziness. We haven't talked in a couple of days, but it feels like it's been weeks. It could have been
0: six years. <laughs> yeah, it's true. Things are changing so fast. So last week, we for the Monday episode, we broke the fourth wall and we said, we're taping this early. Everything we say might be out of date by the time... We air this. And it was. I feel like we have to do that again. We delayed all week, but I have to be in a in a class all weekend, so we couldn't tape the day before we release the episode. So we are taping on Friday. Friday. It's just two two, three days before. Yeah. Two and a half days. You have to give me some time to edit these things. So yeah. just because things are changing so fast, I feel like we need to say I I don't know what's gonna happen this weekend. <laughs> it could be crazy. So here we are on a Friday. A Friday where you have been being interviewed by news outlets all over the country.
1: (laughs) (laughs) A few, a few, yeah, yeah. It was definitely interesting to sort of hear. The question that I got that I felt was the most pertinent, or at least the one that they were most interested in hearing my answer to was, what should Americans learn from what's going on in Italy? Because I feel like they know it's like on the brink. It's about to happen. Everything that they're watching in Italy, they know is about to happen there. And I don't think that they got that even a week ago. Right. What did you tell them? Well, I told them, you know, just to take it really seriously and to learn from our mistakes. Because like we were, first it was us looking at China, the whole world really, looking at China and saying, oh my gosh, look at this horrible thing. And this is such a tragedy, but, you know, not thinking it would ever cause a problem like this here. And then it was us. And then, you know, slowly, slowly, it just kept escalating. And it kept getting worse and worse, not only the situation, but the restrictions. Like every day, there was a new thing. And it's, it's continuing every day. They're like, okay, now you can't do this, and you can't do that, and you can't do this. And so, you know, we're here, and I've spent the past week trying to convince my mom not to go to California and trying to convince my sister who's in California to tell her not to come. And they've both been sort of fighting me. And finally something changed. It was like a flip had switched. And I remember because I woke up, I want to say it was Thursday morning. I woke up, I went into my studio, I meditated. And then I turned on my phone and I just saw these messages from my sisters on my sister chat. And they had a totally different vibe at a totally different tone. And I was like, Oh, something has changed. I don't know if it was also happened to be the same day that Tom Hanks was um, diagnosed. I don't know if that was, or I think it was at right after they declared that it was technically a pandemic, but something changed. And now my mom is no longer going to California. Mm -hmm. And as you know, tons of people are working from home now who usually don't work from home. And so many schools have been canceled. And I mean, you, you actually catch me up on the States because you're there.
0: Yeah. Did you see all the Twitter comments with Tom Hanks, who I think obviously deliberately released this in a press release to make it seem more serious to people? It's not like Tom Hanks has to let us know how his health is doing at any given time. I mean, that was strategic, I believe, to mm-hmm. be like, we have this, we got to tell everybody. And then, of course, people joking online saying, now all of us have someone we love with coronavirus. <laughs> yeah, yeah, it's, it affects everybody now. <laughs> yeah, now it's not that we don't know anybody. And what turned the tide here? I don't know. I think the tide is still turning, personally. I I think it depends where you are. Yeah, I think it depends on where you are in the States. I think it also depends on your age, how much you're reading the news. Some people are really not paying that much attention. I think mm. that's true in any country. I think there's a lot of factors, but I have definitely felt like I'm the crazy person in the last week where I'm like, no, you need to listen, I'm, t- I'm being serious, you know? And I too was trying to get my parents to stop doing certain things. And they had a, they have a lot of trips planned and I was trying to get them to not do them. Um, particularly one my mom wanted to do to go visit her mom, who is 101. And I felt like I was nuts, you know, like being so emphatic, saying this is just the beginning and trying to be convincing all the while. I don't know. I mean, sure, everybody's feeling this a little bit. Like you feel like you're this voice in the wilderness, like you're just... I don't know, screaming about it. And everyone's like, oh, come on. (laughs) Yeah,
1: I I was like, I feel like the Cassandra in the Greek myth, you know, who knows what's going to happen and no one will listen. I feel like that, not in Italy, but when when I'm talking to my family and and it's starting to change now because they're starting to see supermarket shelves empty and their schools are being canceled, events are being canceled, it's starting to become realer for them. But for so long, I just felt like they were all kind of even rolling their eyes at me. I mean, maybe that was my paranoia, maybe they weren't. But I just felt like I almost felt hysterical when I was talking to them, even though I'm like, talking calmly. But like I said to my mom, like I started crying I wasn't crying on the phone, but I did start crying when I was just thinking about... I read some statistic, and granted, I read the news too much. Mm-hmm. I'm trying to cut back. But I read some statistic that said some congressional... Like the official congressional doctor or scientist, I don't know, somebody who supposedly is a qualified, supposedly being a keyword, said that um, 50 to 150 million Americans are going to get coronavirus at some point over the next year or so. The high end of that number is almost half the country. And I know that if my stepfather gets it, he will not survive, I know that, um, because of certain health issues that he's had. My mom is strong and healthy, but she is older, so she could all, you know, and I just started crying, I just started thinking about it, and I thought, oh no, I won't be able to go home, I won't be able to say goodbye. And I started crying, I mean, it was probably, I was probably overcome by emotion and it was, it, you know, I didn't have to be panicking at that moment, but I told my mom that and she was just like, How can you tell me this? Like, how can you know you're making me feel bad? I'm like, Okay, the point is not to make you feel bad, the point is to make you not
0: go so that maybe you can survive. Yeah, it's to make you stay in your house, basically. It's interesting because I think all along I'm seeing a lot of this online too. So I imagine that a lot of you listening feel the same way also is that even as you're giving warnings to other people, you are thinking, do I even know what I'm talking about? I mean, I feel like there's definitely this thing, because the information's unfolding so fast, and I'm not a medical expert. And I can only just read what I'm reading and, and hear what I'm hearing my journalist friends uncovering, and things like that. And then, actually, with Derek, I don't know if you and Claudia are going to have this problem too, but I, uh, I finally just said yesterday, because I, I, every time I would come out of my office, he would say, oh, did you hear whatever the thing was. And I said, you know, eventually you and I are going to have to talk about something else other than the coronavirus every single time we have a discussion. I'm going to go insane. There's got to be some other things going on. I'm reading the news too. Yeah. I don't need an update every 30 seconds, you know. Mm -hmm. Yeah. But I think that a few things happened in the United States that made people sit up straight and Some of those things are as simple as Tom Hanks, of course, but they canceled the entire NBA basketball season. Well, the remainder of it, they were just going to host it without fans. And then they and then a player tested positive for coronavirus and one of them shut a game down right before it was about to start. And then after that, it was like a domino effect. So sports are off. Same thing happened with the uh, with the Italian football,
1: soccer. One of the players, they found out they had it and they just shut it all down. I heard the same thing with the, uh, the Major League Baseball season is just canceled.
0: For the foreseeable future. Yeah. I don't know as much about that, I must admit, because I know more interest in basketball than baseball. <laughs> Sorry, friends who are fans of baseball. Um, So that was a big thing. And then it's like also little things like what do you expect to get you through this okay i'm gonna be stuck at home i'm gonna catch up on all my shows all of a sudden a whole bunch of late night talk show hosts are no longer going to be doing their shows anymore i saw that uh in washington state specifically we went from taking it pretty seriously to taking it really seriously because now the schools are shut down until the nearly the end of april And no event with 250 people or more. And they say that if it's uh, an event with less people than 250, you have to be able to prove that you've been through certain hurdles. Really? But really what's happening is everybody's just canceling everything. Yeah. Well, I just think... It's good. It's the right thing. It's the right thing. Yeah. Mm Mm-hmm. And it's just been like a domino effect like that, just like you guys saw. We're not in the restrictions where they're saying, don't go out of your house, don't take a walk, don't do any of these things. The businesses are still open. But, you know, it's changing every day. So in Rome, as you, as you know, we had the official,
1: con- well, not just Rome, in Italy, we had the countrywide lockdown was announced on Monday night. So that would be, you know, just, just about a week ago. And it was, I think, two days after that, that they came out and said, okay, not only is the lockdown continuing, of course, but now restaurants, shops, and coffee bars are closed as well. That was harsh because, I mean, up into that point, I mean, it's all harsh, but up into that point, you could try to create the same semblance of normalty going into your coffee shop. Of course, you have to wait outside until, you know, there's only one other person in there, and then you have to stand back and all of this crazy stuff. You know, you'd see shops open. Even if you didn't go in, you know, you'd see activity. You'd see people out and about. Not a lot of people, but some people. There was still stuff going on, and, and now all shops are closed except supermarkets and pharmacies and, I think, post offices uh, and maybe some banks, but, you know, it really... Just almost nothing. And then I think it was the next day that they came out and said, okay, to be honest, this is still up for debate. And there's so much confusion over this issue that I don't even know what I'm supposed to be doing. But you basically have like half of the people in the country saying, you can go out for a recreational walk in your neighborhood. You can take a walk. You can walk your dog. You can take a jog if you need to around the block a little bit. And the other half of the people in the country are saying, no. You can't do that. And it's, it's very. And some of the newspapers are saying you can, but then the laws make it sound like you can't. And it's very confusing. I think that is like the... the I don't want to say the final straw because it can always get worse. But the thought of not being able to just take a walk around your neighborhood by yourself to get some fresh air is... It's, it's very stifling and kind of terrifying. Today, we worked out inside... Claudio, I don't know if you know this, he used to be a personal trainer when he was a younger guy. Convenient.
0: (laughs) It's very convenient. (laughs) This could really step up your game. I know. No, I was
1: like, Claudio, if I do this every day, I'm going to be totally... What's the word when you have your muscles out? Ripped. <laughs> ripped. <laughs> I'm so not with it. You, you can't. You have to cut that part. No
0: way. That's no, hilarious.
1: What would they call that in Italian? Do you I, have any idea? No, I have no idea. But I'm going to be ripped by bikini season. This is going to be amazing. <laughs> so just to finish this point, and then I would like to talk a little bit about the reality of lockdown and like the daily what it's like. And, you know, it might be in your near future. So I I feel like I'm already there. Yeah. Well, as someone who works from home, you are almost there. So anyway, that was the more recent one. And then just before we got on to tape, I saw, and this one doesn't affect me personally right now. Uh, Hopefully it won't in the near future, but they're suspending all non-essential hospital visits. So you're not allowed to go to the hospital for, I don't know, whatever some minor thing you might need.
0: Yeah, I think like elective surgery or something like that, where if you're getting a knee replacement, you're kicking that down the line now. Yeah, exactly.
1: So, you know, it's scary, like, I was playing with Aurelio in his room, and we were doing the airplane game, you know, classic game we all used to do with our parents. And Claudia was like, don't do that. Don't do that. Because If anything happens, like if there's any like minor accident, we can't really go to the doctor for it. Mm. You know, it's like this is not the time when you want to have a broken bone or when you want to have a gash in your head that needs stitches. You know, this is just the time to like lay low. And that's one of the reasons they're telling people to like not go out. Don't go driving. We cannot
0: handle any accidents right now. That's scary. It makes you feel like you're in in wartime. Well, and it also feels... At least to me right now at the beginning and because they have no idea how long it will last, of course, because it's a disease, it just feels like it could be like this forever. And what kind of people are we going to be like Uh, on the other side of this? if we get to a point where we can't ever socialize in person with our friends or... Don't worry, it's not going to be forever. I felt the same way too. No, no, I know, but right now it just feels, it feels like, like it. it. It could be so long from now before that happens again. I know. You know what I mean? I know. And it's not like you can't tolerate it, but I think it will profoundly change people. I think so too. It's interesting even in um, in walking around our neighborhoods, which we still can do and know we can, um, I guess, that Behavior has already changed in a sense that if I I went for a walk this morning and if I'm walking down the sidewalk and somebody else is coming toward me, either I or that other person are going to cross the street. Really? Or if you can't cross the street for some reason because there's somebody else on the other side of the street, you'll know, you just separate as much as you can. Like, uh, Like today I had to pass a woman and I walked out into the grass and around, right? Wow. And we're still trying to do that thing of doing that without trying to seem rude. So you still smile at each other and go, good morning, um, but Mm. I don't want to be near you and you don't want to be near me. It's awkward. Or... With the elbow bumps, like mm-hmm. everybody's greeting each other with their elbows rather than their hands, right? Mm-hmm. You know, they're still having fun with that. They're just sort of like, hey, man, you know, like leaning in. Good to see you. Like, let's touch toes together. Let yeah. me just say, is elbow bumping really a good idea
1: considering they're telling us all to sneeze into our elbows? <laughs>
0: yeah, but you know,
1: it's true. It's
0: not a bad Technically, point. it's the other side.
1: <laughs> but right, I'm, I, I taught Aurelio to sneeze into his elbow. He's, he's a pro at it now. Um, and I'm like maybe we should avoid, maybe we should touch toes. Maybe that's better. (laughs) Yeah.
0: Yeah. Well, and then at the other hand, which is what I think you were talking about happening in Rome before you guys got really cracked down on, is that the bars, from what I hear, are busier than ever. Mm, Yeah. People are going stir crazy. And so they're either don't know enough or don't care. Or they're going stir crazy. And they're like, well, at least I got to get out to somewhere like I got to go do something. Mm -hmm. And so uh, just last night, I had a small group of people at my house or my writing group, which we were joking, of course, this may be the last time we have any kind of personal contact with anybody. But one of those guys in the group is a bartender. And he said, Oh, I've been completely slammed ever since all this went down. You invited a bartender into your house, Katie. (laughs) (laughs) You're screwed. You're screwed. Uh, (laughs) Maybe, maybe we'll find out it'll be good for show ratings if I get the coronavirus right. Uh, We'll just tell ourselves that. Hopefully. Okay, so tell us, though, before, because you are in the, you are in the true reality of the lockdown. You are at your house. You are in your condo with your husband, with your son, who's four years old, in Rome proper. It's not that giant a condo. I mean, you guys have a couple bedrooms and a you know, in one big main room, but it's not like you're living on multiple floors or anything. No, no, we're definitely not in a
1: mansion. We feel lucky because for Rome, our for by Rome standards, this is actually a large apartment. Three bedrooms, two bathrooms, separate kitchen from the living room. And luckily, thank God, we have a terrace. That's like the saving grace of this place is that we can we can sit out on the terrace and get fresh air. So I'm so happy about that. If we had been in Tristevere, in our old Tristevere apartment... We would have been dying. We would have been going so
0: crazy. Yeah, that was a, a like a two-room. That was yeah. kind of a two-room apartment, really. It was a two-room. It was tiny, 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 tiny. You had that crazy guy across the street screaming all the time. Oh, my gosh.
1: Yes, <laughs> that's right. I almost forgot about that. But today's the first day. Like, I literally haven't left the house all day. Yesterday, I went to the supermarket. The two days before that, I had to go to work. I was basically strong-armed into going to work. And so today is really the first day of full, like 100%, I have not set foot out of my apartment today. I do have to say today wasn't so bad, but like you get to the point in a day, like you'll just like have a a moment when you'll say, how am I going to do this for three or more weeks? Like how, how is this going to work? I think it's got to be hardest for people who live alone. Those are the people that I'm most worried about are the friends that I know who live alone or just anybody who lives alone in maybe a small apartment. That has got to be the worst. As much as I'm like dreaming of that in the sense that I would love to get all that work done that I can't get done right now, I think that's got to be the hardest. You know, famously, I don't know if you've heard this, but in China, like lots and lots of people are getting divorced right now. Like the divorce rate is way up because people have been stuck at home with their spouses.
0: I am not surprised. I'm not surprised. (laughs) I'm
1: not surprised. And like yesterday was the first day that I was at home and we, we fought almost all day, my husband and I. Like, I mean, not all day, but we were really at each other, bickering with each other. And I thought, oh, no, this is not going to be good. And I said to him, I said, I don't see this ending well at all. And so what we did, well, we're still kind of in the process of it. But what we're co- we're doing is we're coming up with like a routine, like a schedule. And it's going to involve like free time for each of us so that each of us has some breathing space um, because we have a little kid. You know, I think it's hard enough for couples who are who have don't have kids who are stuck in the same you know, home together 24 seven. But when you have a kid, it's like, oh, like one or both of you always feels like you're doing all the work and you're not getting any tough free time. And so we've kind of, we're, we're working on coming up with a schedule and having also just having a routine. It, I think it helps. I mean, not everybody thrives on routine. I personally do. I like to know like this time of day, I'm doing this more or less this time of day, I'm doing that. And so we're trying to keep that up. I'm getting up every morning. I'm getting washed up putting on makeup which I never put on makeup when I don't leave the house ever but I'm doing it I'm doing it right now because I'm like I need to feel like I'm you know I'm not wearing my pajamas around the house I might have like sweatpant bottoms on but I've got like a nice sweater on and put my earrings on try to make myself feel not that I'm just lazing around the house and we're trying not to get the turn on a video until 5 p.m for our son so that he's not like zombied out on the couch. And um, today was much better. I do have to say we had a much better day today, I think, because we're getting this routine in and implemented.
0: What did you do today? What happened today? This is the first shut in day. Let's just walk us through it. All right. A day in
1: the life. This is the day in the life. So I actually didn't, I got up late for me. All right. Yeah, I got up at like 730. Really late for me. That was nice. It's nice to like wake up when I woke up. It was it was lovely. Got ready, got dressed, got my son up and ready and dressed. Breakfast, that is a big, you know, ordeal with a kid, but we got it done. And then we just played. I think we just went into his room and we we played with his toys a little while. And then, and then I said, you know, listen, Claudia, I need a couple of hours to do some work. I know I did something else this morning, but I can't remember what it was. Uh, this is probably going to be typical of this time. Like the days are going to, they're going to flow together and I'm going to forget things because I don't have clear distinction, distinction between moments of my day. But eventually Claudio took care of all of the lunch stuff with Aurelio and he's famously a very bad eater and takes a long time. So I just basically shut myself up in the studio and I worked for almost two hours while he took care of all of that. And then, um, in the afternoon, we did some drawing. Oh, I know what I did in the morning. Every day, I'm giving Aurelio a one hour reading and writing lesson.
0: Oh, that's nice.
1: yeah, and it's actually really great, and he's he's into it. He likes it. He gets frustrated and he'll like be like, "I want to draw or you know, I want to do something else." but he really he really actually likes it, and I feel like he's learning and he's getting a little bit better every day. so so that's something that i and I'm gonna be doing every morning. And then this afternoon we we worked out. Claudio first did like a workout for Aurelio. He also is giving him karate lessons because Claudio has a black belt in karate and Aurelio is just starting. And so since he can't take his lessons, Claudio is giving him karate lessons. So he did that. Then he gave me a session, training session, not karate, but it's just a training session. And Aurelio and I made cookies. We played with Play-Doh and then it was dinner and then it was bedtime. And now it's podcast time
0: yeah and then after that it'll be Netflix time
1: yes that was one thing we've like okay this is what we're gonna do every single night we're gonna watch Netflix we're gonna drink a glass of wine and I'm not a, you know I'm not a big wine
0: drinker but like but you will be by the end of this
1: I, I it's already <laughs> happening Katie like I'm like I need that one minimum one glass of wine at night before bed I get it and uh I yeah get it. so that's our that's our schedule right now
0: this may be an inappropriate question but since I'm not a parent when you guys are just playing mm-hmm. with his toys, do you enjoy that? Um, no, that's a, totally, um,
1: that's a totally appropriate question. It really depends. If he has a new Lego toy and I get to help him put it together, then I like it. Um, Playmobil as well, I'm very into that. Like you have to assemble them like the big ones. And he's not at the age yet where he can really do that. So he can kind of help. But I really, I really like to do that. I also like to play with his train set. <laughs> um, he has one of those like Brio wooden trains, but he's got like 3 million pieces to it. So like we can, we can make a train set that takes up the entire living room. And I try to like do it so like we get every single piece in use. <laughs> but like he all often wants to just play with trucks. What does that mean? Like, what am I supposed to be doing? <laughs> I'm not a boy. I, I don't understand the draw of the trucks and the, and the cars. So I'm not I'm not into that. I don't have fun with that. He also likes to do fighting with swords, like sword fighting. It depends on the moment if I'm into that or not. Play-Doh is fun. Drawing is fun. It really depends. But I find that when I like, put my phone down and I totally give him all of my attention, I have much more fun.
0: What did you like to play with when you were a kid? Was it the same Legos, Playmobil?
1: I loved Legos. Playmobil a little bit less. I don't think they had as much cool Playmobil stuff when we were kids. Now it's really amazing. Like he's got the entire Ghostbusters station, every character. It's it's pretty cool. But I liked <laughs> <laughs> I liked I liked Legos and just building anything with blocks I liked. And I liked Barbies, quite
0: frankly. And My Little Ponies. Paper dolls, all that stuff. Yeah, yeah. I loved that kind of stuff. The paper dolls, the barbies for sure The my little pony i i wanted one of those when i was a kid i i saved my money i finally got one she was a yellow pony with a pink mane with her butt covered with little flowers Uh and her name was posy that was the (laughs) official name and but I, once I got her, I was like, I don't know what I'm supposed to do with this yeah. like, this horse. <laughs> it's too small for a Barbie to sit on. I don't have any other ones. so It's not like the horse is interacting with other horses. <laughs> you know? And so all I did was brush its hair. I
1: think that's what you're supposed to do.
0: Put it in outfits and lay it preciously back in this little box I had for it. So much so that today, that pretty pony, which is still, I think, at my parents' house, unless my mom gave it to my niece it was an immaculate condition still all these years later, because all I did was like brush her and make (laughs) her look perfect and then stick her back in the box. (laughs) Okay. So what I what I want to suggest, because I want to take us uh, in a couple other places, particularly, I also want to know what it's like to go inside of Italian supermarket right now, and maybe contrast that with the the American supermarket. Mm -hmm. But since we're already at an episode length, I think we should say goodbye and maybe put out a special episode tomorrow. Okay. Do you want to do that? Sure. Okay. So we'll leave it with the toys and the routines. Everybody start planning a routine and uh, tune in tomorrow and we will talk about grocery stores and more. I have other questions that are more serious than groceries. (laughs) And until next time, until tomorrow, this is The Bittersweet Life. I'm Katie Sewell. I'm Tiffany Parks. Join us again. Bye. Thanks to Lori Lee Elliott for her help managing The Bittersweet Life on YouTube, and to Sarah Johnson for her consultation. Our logo is made by Jody Rick at The Lost Laboratory, with painting assistance by our muse, Caravaggio. You can find us on Instagram, Facebook, and Twitter. Just search for The Bittersweet Life Podcast. And if you haven't already, please subscribe to the show. That way we're here for you every week, both on Monday and now on Thursday. And if you review us on Apple Podcasts, we'll be grateful for you. Send us your topic ideas, questions, and voice memos. We're at bittersweetlife at mail.com or at the contact us page at thebittersweetlife.net.